the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sitting in for me, Trish Regan. She is, as we say, handpicked. I will be back on Monday. In the meantime, be well and enjoy Trish Regan. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's great to be back with all of you today. And we got some breaking news to get to right now. A former FBI lawyer plans to plead guilty to making a false statement in the first criminal case arising from U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the probe of ties between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign. This news just crossing out of AP. Kevin Kleinsmith is his name. That's the attorney being charged in federal court in Washington, is expected to plead guilty to one count of making a false statement. This is according to the Associated Press, who spoke with his attorney, Justin Schur. Okay, so this is interesting. We did hear last night from A.G. Barr, that some development would be happening today. He said it wasn't earth-shattering, but it was something showing that there is progress being made in this investigation, in this case, by uh, by Durham. So, again, we are hearing that one of the lawyers there that was then working for the FBI made false statements. You know, I'm truly troubled by this. I have been from the beginning because, to me, remember when Hillary Clinton said that basically, if Trump lost, by the way, she's saying again, we'll get to that in a second. But remember back in 16, when she said, if Trump lost, then he wouldn't accept the results of this election. And sure enough, what happened? She didn't accept the results of the election. The left did not accept the results of the election. You have, you know, some of the people effectively within the deep state that were not accepting the results of the election. And so what did they do? They unraveled this entire mess, pointing to Russia, somehow saying that Russia had him in his pocket. He, he had conspired with Russia to rig this election, to steal it from Hillary Clinton. And then they sent us on a wild goose chase. I mean, think about the money spent. 30-some-odd million dollars of your taxpayer money was spent investigating this thing. And I'll tell you, I've never felt like such a banana republic. One of the greatest things about this country, and my parents used to tell me this as little girls, you know, we have this transition of power every four years, and it's peaceful, and it happens like clockwork, and it's one of the great things about the United States of America. You know, they don't have that in Venezuela. (laughs) They, They don't have that in Brazil. Usually somebody winds up in prison by the time they leave office. I mean, that is just the way it is, right? Argentina, you name it. Anywhere down there, uh, you look around the world, and there's other places as well, but, but Latin America and South America comes to mind where you have this challenge of transition. Well, my goodness, this is exactly what happened to us. I mean, we spent all that money. We drained resources for two years. Only to find out, and I read volume one and volume two, every single page of this, only to find out there was never any there there. Never any there there. And you know what? I want to know why we did that in the first place. 
because it was a waste of time. And instead of focusing on the things that matter in this country, instead of focusing on policy to build us up, we're stuck with a a, a Capitol Hill that's mired in this junk. That's exactly what happened. You know, and all the bullshit, (laughs) pun intended, you remember him, right? Adam Schiff, all of that was was really designed to be a massive destruction um, and, and massive distraction. And, and that's what happened. And so now, today, we get the breaking news that they are charging this, this FBI attorney and that he is pleading guilty. So why is it that we have FBI attorneys that are pleading guilty? Why were they doing this? What was their motivation? Who was telling them to go and eavesdrop on Carter Page? I mean, think about the origins of all this. You've basically got this ex-British spy, right, Christopher Steele, who used to run the Russia desk. And he's working out of the UK. He gets commissioned by an opposition research firm, basically, that is doing work for a law firm on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign. So they tried to make it a little bit murky. They pay for this report. And by the way, I read it. (laughs) It reads like it's written for somebody in second grade, honestly. I read that whole thing and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You could tell in two seconds. You could tell in two seconds that it was just sort of cheap opposition research. And the idea that BuzzFeed went out and published this thing was pretty bad because, you know, you got to have some standards, right? And and clearly they didn't. They just went and published it. But anyway, this thing was a a lousy bit of opposition research and anybody could really tell that. But what's troubling is I wonder, I really wonder if the mainstream media effectively did Russia's job for it. I mean, if I were Vladimir Putin, And I found out that this ex-British spy that, by the way, I didn't really like, right, because he was always trying to spy on me and my people, was making some phone calls to his former contacts, including former KGB types in Russia, trying to get some scoop on Donald Trump, then uh, it might be kind of fun, right, just to feed him a bunch of a bunch of stuff that, that, that could maybe come back to haunt him and and send uh, America off on some wild goose chase doesn't matter that it's true or not true, right? And it's not true from, from uh, and I can tell you that from, from all of the, the phone calls and research and, and sourcing I've done on this thing. So you feed them a bunch of lies, you can make Christopher Steele look bad, and you screw up the U.S. in the process. I mean, it's, it's perfect. We made it easy. We made it easy for Russia. I mean, forget the Facebook accounts. You can actually turn the U.S., inside out and against itself by getting everybody riled up. And so somehow this report that's chock full of lies makes its way back to the U.S. and back to the FBI. And they then use this opposition research bought and paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign to launch an investigation into the president of the United States. It's really mind-boggling. And then we become the banana republic, right, where we're not having any kind of easy transition of power. <laughs> and we're right back where we started. Hillary Clinton, who's out there saying that, that Donald Trump wouldn't accept the results of the election, is the one herself that's not accepting the results of the election. 
and the institution around her didn't accept the results of the election. And guess what? It may not be over because we heard from Hillary Clinton uh, just recently, and uh, she, she expressed her support, of course, for Kamala Harris and for Joe Biden. And hey, she might be up for a job. Let's listen in to Our Hillary next Clinton. question from Barbara in Austin. She wanted to know, if you were asked to serve in the next administration, would you accept? Oh, Barbara, I, I would, you know, I'm not even going to go there because I, I am so focused right now on just helping them get elected, which is what I think everybody should be focused on. And, and let me just add, and I don't want to, I don't want to scare people, but I want you to be prepared. I have every reason to believe that Trump is not going to go, uh, you know, silently into uh the, the night uh, if he loses. He's going to try to confuse us. He's going to try to bring all kinds of lawsuits. He's got his crony uh, attorney general bar ready to do whatever is necessary. So I can't even think yet about the administration. I'm ready to help in any way I can because I think this will be a moment where every American, I don't care what party you are, I don't care what age, race, you know, gender, I don't care. Every American should want to fix our country. Um, so if you're asked to serve, you should certainly consider that. Yeah. So it sounds like she'd consider it. But do you notice how she said he's going to try and confuse people and he's going to try and lawyer up and he's going to contest this if he doesn't win? Again, here we are. It's, it's like deja vu. We're right back in 2016 when she said he would not accept the results of the election. And guess who did not accept the results of the election? It was her. It was her. And you know what? I'll tell you this. If he wins again, and he very well could, because I don't trust any of these polls. I don't think anybody's actually speaking their mind because they're too terrified to. And what people do in the privacy of a voting booth, as we saw in 2016, is very different than what they might tell a pollster. And so people... You know, they they very well may vote for Donald Trump. And if that happens, guess what? We're looking at another four years of investigations and the left saying, no, this is him stealing the election. We have become fundamentally broken. It's a problem. And I, for one, don't like the Banana Republic-esque element of what is going on. I encourage you to call in. 1-8-Prager-776. I am Trish Regan, in for the wonderful, great Dennis today. Tell me what you're thinking. I'll be back after this. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 500 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trish Regan in for Dennis Prager today, who's doing some important fundraising efforts for Prager University. A quick note that if you do donate to Prager U, they will double your donation all this month. So a uh, good time to do that. Anyway, I'm here. I'm excited to be here with you. I want to point out that I have a brand new podcast, Trish Intel, Trish Intel, that you can download, you can subscribe to uh, on Spotify, on iTunes, and I encourage you to do that and tell your friends and give me some five stars while you're at it, if you would. Thank you. Um, we've got a lot going on today. You've got the news coming out that the FBI lawyer that lied uh, as it pertained to the, the Mueller and Russia investigation, he is, uh, he is pleading guilty to that one. That news just coming out, breaking uh, by AP. And we've also, of course, got the news that Joe Biden wants everyone, everyone, doesn't matter if you're hiking in New Hampshire or if you are on the New York City subway, he wants you to have a mask because he wants a federal mandate. He wants to decide that every single person in America must wear a mask. Listen to him here. Every governor should mandate mandatory mask wearing the estimates by the experts are it will save over 40,000 lives in the next three months this america be a patriot protect your fellow citizens yeah this is america so we have a constitution that protects the individual this is what's lost in all this you know i have no problems with masks i actually wear one out and wear them in stores and in restaurants until you sit down at the table. And, and that's a good thing, right? You can protect some people. But I really don't like the idea of the federal government telling me I can't leave my house without a mask. There's something kind of, it just doesn't sit right with me about that. I, I bet you feel the same way because I think inherently we all pride ourselves on our own individuality. And it's my choice whether I go to that restaurant. If the restaurant says you don't have to wear a mask and has a, a crowded bar and plenty of people breathing on top of each other, then you know what? I'm probably not going to go to that restaurant, right? But that's my decision. And then that restaurant loses my business. And so the restaurant ought to be able to make the decision and the individual consumers ought to be able to make the decision. It's not that hard. But, you know, you've got lawmakers that want to politicize this. They have done this from the beginning. I said it way back when, back in March, and you'll recall the left-wing media went nuts and accused me of saying things that I didn't say, and you, you just are not allowed to admit this, but I have no problem just speaking the truth. That's all I want to do is speak the truth, and the truth is this has been politicized in a really horrendous way. I do not dispute how awful this virus is and how scary it is, and I've lost two people that I, I was quite close to because of it. It's very real and it can be extremely deadly. We've seen that. However, however, we are a smart enough, agile enough society, creative, that we should be able to figure a way through, right? Without having to get some executive order from the President of the United States saying that we all have to wear a mask. I mean, I'm sorry, but communities have different levels of risks. And again, when you're out in the wilderness, you don't really need a mask. I don't want somebody arresting me because I don't have a mask on. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris, she is making this campaign entirely, entirely about the coronavirus, something that the president could not have controlled, something that originated in China. 
and something that, frankly, a lot of Democrats, including Andrew Cuomo in New York, did a terrible job with. But nonetheless, she is a politician, first and foremost. So here she is. Listen. There may be some grand gestures offered by the current president about a vaccine, but it really doesn't matter until you can answer the question, when am I going to get vaccinated? Well, you know, you could be like Russia and say, we're not going to go through all the trials. We'll just rush out the vaccine. (laughs) That's what Vladimir Putin is doing. I don't think too many people will want to take something that hasn't been fully tested. But the president, he did react to their comments. I want you to hear him. Joe Biden would allow rioters and looters and criminals and millions of illegal aliens to roam free in our country. He wants the federal government to issue a sweeping new mandate to law-abiding citizens. He wants to (laughs) shut down our economy, close our schools, and grind society to a halt. Yeah, for three months until he can win. I mean, it's, it's interesting because they don't even try and hide it. In fact, they said they wanted this federal mandate on masks for the next three months. You think about the D.C. schools that are shutting down until the Friday after Tuesday's election in November. I mean, guys, come on, give me a break. Really? I mean, we weren't born yesterday. We know what you're up to. Um, you might want to try and be a little more nuanced about it, but then again, I, I guess you, you enjoy sort of hitting America over the head with all this, and uh, we know how much you want to politicize this. But here's the reality. This is not Donald Trump's fault. This is really nobody's fault outside of China. Because, you know, you listen to the China experts. I talked to Gordon Chang the other day who wrote the book, The Coming Collapse of China, and has devoted his entire career to the study of China and other other countries in that region. And his view is they are at fault, and this was deliberate. This was deliberate because Xi Jinping knew. He knew for five weeks that this was extremely contagious and could be extremely deadly. And yet he allowed people from China, from Wuhan, to go all over the world. And so in Gordon Chang's view, they did this knowingly. So you can't turn around and then blame the entire thing on the president. You really can't. And you also can't turn around and shut down our entire economy and deprive people of their their chance to earn a living and deprive them of their chance to take care of their own family members. That's just not right. It's not right, but this is what they're doing. I mean, don't forget, the president had had succeeded in creating the best economy we've ever had. And that was the one thing I guess they could get him on with this. If you shut down the economy, rather than learn to deal with this, rather than learn to take the proper precautions, they want to shut everything down. I want to go to Edward, who's in Chicago right now, a city that's really been uh, struggling, of course, with all kinds of protests. Oh, we only have 60 seconds, so let me hold that thought and, and we'll go to Edward momentarily because I do want to talk about these protests and these looters and the idea that somehow it's okay to be out there protesting the police, but it's not okay to attend a funeral service outdoors or a wedding outdoors. I mean, this is just mind-boggling, the, the hypocrisy in all of it. And don't forget, you know, there was a group of There was a group of scientists led by a woman out of Johns Hopkins who's been doing a lot of research on this coronavirus who said that it was more important to protest than it was to to stay 
to stay home and protect yourself. And yet she's the same one who's insisting on uh, masks, etc. I mean, the hypocrisy is blatant and somebody needs to call it out. You're listening to Trish Regan, host of Trish Intel. I'm here filling in for my good friend Dennis Prager today. We're going to talk about these looters and how they're ruining our city's economies after this. All right, welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan. I am in for Dennis Prager today. And, you know, I love to look at the economy because I think the economy is such a good barometer of what's really going on. And right now we're seeing a lot of signs of hope. You look at U.S. retail sales, which were just released today, and they were up 1.2%. That may not seem like a lot, but you know what? It is. It is. It's so much that we are now back at pre-pandemic levels in terms of shopping. How about that? You can't keep America down, not when it comes to us buying things, right? But anyway, it's a good sign for our economy. There's a lot of things fundamentally that are going on that are very good. All right, I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, We have some wonderful people calling in. Let's see here. I'm going to double check with Sean, who's the producer, and he's all over these calls. We've got Edward joining us. Edward, welcome to the program. Hello, uh, Trish. Yes. Uh, Yeah, we're having a protest here uh, this weekend on uh, Interstate. And the FOP uh, policeman is trying to get help from the feds, see maybe they can uh, get some extra help. Because they're going to take over an interstate, and this is ridiculous. You saw what happened on Monday with the uh, looting. Yeah, the looting, you know, and the taking over of an interstate, I mean, there's there's a sense there that, you know, you can just do whatever you want. You had a leader there on the uh, Magnificent Mile protests who is pushing this defund the police movement, and she actually said, well, it's okay to loot the businesses. It's okay to loot because they have insurance. I mean, give me a break. I mean, this is not this is not who we are. It is. I mean, we, we need law and order. How do you have a country? How do you have a society if you don't have some kind of semblance of law and order, right? Yeah, and this is going to force businesses. Macy's are already thinking about uh, moving out of Michigan app. So they don't realize uh, they're, you know, they're... Uh, going to crash the economy here for the city and the state yeah no they sure will i mean and this is the reality why would you live somewhere where you can't be safe why would you open a business somewhere where you can't be safe i mean it it will drive a lot of things to the online environment i do think that's true that's why you see amazon continue to do well in this environment um but the the macy's of the world the brick and mortar retailers they were already getting hurt they really already were and now they have to risk these mobs coming in and looting their stores. I mean, forget it. You're just not going to be there. And if they forget it, then guess what? Those are people that go without jobs. And so this has a ripple effect throughout. Edward, thank you so much for calling in. And good luck there in Chicago. I appreciate it. Um, I'll talk to you on Trish Intel. Danny is joining from Las Vegas, Nevada. Danny, it's good to have you on the show. You say uh, the president really needs to think about putting security at voting booths, right? You're concerned uh, about what might happen in terms of violence, you say? Yeah, Trish. Uh, we saw what happened under the Obama uh, election campaigns when people went to vote. Um, they had these panther, Black Panther punks and thugs intimidating voters. And now that we've seen clearly and precisely just how violent anti-Trump people are and how they've been indoctrinated and propagandized into hating Mm -hmm. Trump. Uh, You have Trump supporters 
are very concerned. Yeah, I mean, they're very nervous. You certainly can't speak your mind or, or put a bumper sticker on. The Dennis Prager Show. In fact, August is fundraising month for PragerU, so donate today to continue helping fight the fight. Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan. I'm in for Dennis today. He's fighting the fight out doing some fundraising himself for PragerU. So I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. And, you know, one of the things that troubles me the most right now, and our last caller was just getting at this, is how one side is trying to put down the other and effectively cut that side off. Anybody who thinks conservatively or has a different viewpoint from the left right now, they try to shudder. And, you know, you saw an example of it just in yesterday's press conference with one reporter from the very liberal Huffington Post going right after the president in in a way that was quite unbecoming. I want you to hear it. President, after three and a half years, do you regret it all? All the lying you've done to the American people. All the what? All the lying, all the dishonesties. And who is that? You have done. Uh, Tens of thousands. Go ahead, please. Please. Uh, Go ahead. ahead. I I wanted to ask about the payroll caps. Go ahead. (laughs) I love it. Actually, he did a fantastic job moving on. That reporter asked that really pointed, insulting, Ridiculous question, right? Because it's just not how you All the lying, all the dishonesties. And who is that? You have done. Uh, all the what? All the lying, all the dishonesties. And who is that? You have done. You hear that? And you know what? The president just took it in stride. It just rolled right off his shoulders. He went on to the next question to talk about substance, the payroll tax cut. And uh, he handled it well. But the reporter, the reporter asking that question, think about it. Would they have ever asked President Obama a question like that? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, of course not. Now, you know, I I think that it's challenging because for whatever reason, and we could get into culture and how it's changed and how Hollywood and, and academia has really tried to corrupt our culture in different ways over the last 30 40 years in such a way that really makes it very difficult for conservatives to take a stand. But think about even Reagan, right? Reagan, they went after him so hard. He was crazy. He was dumb. He was just a Hollywood movie star. He had to deal with this. You think about any conservative. I know not everybody's so fond of Mitt Romney these days, but I think back to Mitt Romney when he was running and how the media again went after him. They penalized him for being wealthy. I used to get a kick out of that because one of the great things about Donald Trump was he recognized that it's okay to be wealthy. It's a good thing to be wealthy. It actually is all about the American dream. We should all aspire to more, right? Don't ever hold that against someone. Whereas Mitt Romney, on the other hand, was always kind of embarrassed about it. He was always trying to hush, hush the fact that he had money. Donald Trump comes along, he's got way more money than Mitt Romney, and he wears it on his sleeve proudly, as he should, as he should. This is the American dream. But it just doesn't matter whether it's Mitt Romney or Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump. The left tries to go for the jugular when it comes to conservatives in ways that you just don't see happen to people that are on their side of the aisle. So it's it's challenging, and every conservative has to thread this needle, right, where they deal with it. Along comes Donald Trump, and he's like, I'm not going to deal with it. You know what? I'm going to call you out. 
And when you ask stupid questions, I'm going to make a point of it. And it's, it's kind of refreshing. I'm sure it's not always ideal. Sometimes he gets himself in trouble and he even knows that he recognizes that, but it's refreshing in that he's just not willing to take it and he's not going to take it and he's not going to apologize for himself. Okay. I want to go to some of the callers. I hope you're going to call in. We're at one eight Prager seven, seven, six. You're listening to Trish Regan, everyone. And we have Michelle joining right now. Michelle from Arkansas, I believe. Welcome to the program, Michelle. Hello. Hello, Trish. Um, I wanted to talk about the mask in that uh-huh. it creates us as um, anonymous. Now, a criminal, when they commit crimes, will wear a covering over their nose, their mouth, their jawline to block identity for themselves. And wearing a mask is certainly not for that. It's for the COVID, um, allegedly for the COVID, that, that they require it. But this also would be another voter fraud that we would be able to utilize in that if you go, you wear a mask, you have to wear it all the way to the, to the polls, you vote, you come home, you change clothes, put on a different mask or put on the same black mask and go and you can vote again and come out and go home and change clothes and put on another mask and and go vote again. Get in because line there's nobody checking again. your identity, right? Different. There's nobody. Interesting. You know, I never got yeah. why you don't always need to show a, a license. I, I, I just it it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if I want to walk into a, a building in New York City, I have to present a license or piece of photo identification. But to go and actually vote, when I lived in New York City. I always used to get so nervous that somebody would actually have voted for me and I'd bring all my ID because you just never know, right? Somebody else could say they were me and, and who's they're checking. It, it kind of feels very antiquated in this day and age when we have so many precautions we take just to get on a plane, right? And now you can just right. go vote? Our vote is very precious. It's very precious, and it's kind of been taken for granted. But we help decide to keep our um, government in a democracy, in a republic, and we help decide every few years to have the freedom of making that choice. And I just see this as another opportunity since they're going to end it from Friday after voters. It just seems like another opportunity to extend the voter fraud where you can't do anything. You're not going to be able to identify people. And if you just change the color of your clothes and go vote again and then change again, that that would create that. So, Michelle, thank you like for I, bringing I, up the point. I do think that we need to do more in terms of being able to best identify people when they come to the voting booths. It seems that in this day and age with the technology at our disposal and the way we already use it in different ways, I mean, the tracking technology, even for COVID, et cetera, for goodness sakes, let's just figure out that people are who they say they are when they go to the voting booths. I don't think that's a lot to ask. It's good to have you all calling in. I am here in for Dennis Prager today. I encourage you to listen to my brand new podcast. I'll see you here after this. The Dennis Prager Show. I'm Dennis Prager. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show while I'm gone in Wyoming and Montana. Here is Trish Regan. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's so good to be with you. He's in some pretty good places, isn't he? AT&T, 76 bucks a month. Verizon Wireless, $83 a month. That is what the average family of four is saving a month by switching to Pure Talk USA. Same great coverage, but a fraction of the price. I'm a Pure Talk consumer 
Why aren't you? Just dial pound 250 and say keyword Dennis Prager for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and two gigs of data for just $20 a month. Plus, you'll get 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword Dennis Prager, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. We got a lot coming up on today's show. I'm glad to be with you because, you know, I I followed this entire Mueller investigation for... Years, right? I mean, 30 some on million dollars of U.S. taxpayer funds going to that whole thing. And it was a massive, massive distraction, frankly, for our country and for our government. I actually commend the Trump administration for being able to do as much as they did policy wise in light of this circus going on. Anyway, news on this today being reported by AP, a former FBI lawyer is planning to plead guilty to making a false statement in the first criminal case arising from U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the probe of ties between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign. In other words, why did we have that probe in the first place? What actually motivated it? We have learned that Kevin Kleinsmith, according to his lawyer, is expected to plead guilty to one count of making a false statement. So he was making false statements. You had a whole bunch of biases within the deep state, effectively, that were targeted directly at Trump. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about this big giant mask mandate. They want to make sure that everybody... No matter where you are, you could be Dennis out there hiking in Montana or Wyoming, or you could be on a New York City subway. (laughs) Kamala Harris and Joe Biden want to make sure you have a mask. And they want to make sure that you have one for the next three months. Interesting timing, is it not? We're going to talk about that. Hillary Clinton says she'd be willing to serve in the Biden-Harris administration. (laughs) Lots of great things for her. Be a patriot. Protect your fellow citizens. Oh, yeah. That's the, the whole mask mandate thing. He's he's really big into that. Larry Elder is coming on the show today. I can't wait to talk to him. Deneen Borelli is going to be here. Dan Gaynor, who really believes that the left has permeated our media in a way that has just made it incredibly challenging for our culture as Americans, is going to sound off on that. I'm here with you for the entire three hours of Dennis Prager. Trish Regan in the seat today. Thank you, Dennis. I'll be back. We're talking more Hillary, more Biden, more Kamala next. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but 
My back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.